up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation. You're listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast on the Cold Pop Network. I'm your uh, your host, your Jost, Hani Destructo. And with me this week is Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Alerting all the spoils. Did you just call yourself a... Yanni? Yeah, Yanni Destructo. Hani Destructo because I said Jost instead of host, so then I... Fixed it. I thought it was Ani, like Ani DeFranco. Oh, I love Ani DeFranco. Oh, I used to. I used to love Ani DeFranco. You don't, I don't anymore? I don't. I still listen to her old albums, but her new stuff. Once she started having horns and all that sort of stuff and electric guitars, it just bored me. Also with us this week is Noel. Um, uh, hi, Noel. Hey, hi. Cool. Uh, all right, so we have a voicemail, a very important voicemail, and uh, it's from Puddentane. And I feel like in past voicemails that Puddentine has sent to us, it's been only like one sentence. Mm-hmm. So my man, my man doubles up. Hey man, what's your name? Puddentine, ask me again. I'll tell you the same. So that was he. That ad- was Puddentine. He adopts multiple personas in that as well. It's like a whole like it's a whole little. It reminds me of Black Christmas. It's a scene. It is. If you play all his messages together, I think it it. It will. It, uh, it'll sync up to the Black Christmas. We'll solve. Voices. We'll solve the yeah. mystery of who this guy is, or girl. So, thank you, Puddentane. I guess should I? Should, I don't know if I should thank, thank him for that, but thanks. <laughs> and then we've got some e mails. Oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> right, let's let's let okay e mails. <laughs> yeah, Leo's. you did it, buddy. Alright. This one's from Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight. It's oh called... Shocker. Yeah. No, it's not from the Shocker, it's from Christopher Goodnight. That's his other nickname. Do you really think I am anti SJW or pro SJW? Which one is the good Korea again? Would someone like that send an unsolicited shirtless selfie to Mark? It has nothing to do with their promotions of female or minority characters. I'm not racist. Some of my best friend is black. Smiley face. No, it has to do with how much money I have to spend. And also not wanting to dig into a convoluted mess of continuity. So just Marvel editor's note. Um, we were asking why he doesn't buy. He like purposely stayed away from Marvel. And I was asking why. And I was like, is it one of those comics gate things? And so this is his response. Uh, DC Rebirth was is bad enough but it was close to a clean slate so I felt comfortable jumping in with most of the number ones I did that a couple of times with Marvel and have decided not to do that again I do read Jessica Jones and Runaways and read the Multiple Man miniseries if Marvel was to relaunch the Ultimate Universe as its own continuity I might be tempted to dive in but only if Rebirth had ended and I wasn't spending all my money on DC still Okay, which one of you is clipping their nails in the background? 
The other Vertigo book you read was one of the Sandman books, right? <laughs> See, okay, another editor's note. For anyone who's just joining us, Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight uh, listens to the podcast and types questions or responses as <laughs> as if he was in the room with us. <laughs> and we have to somehow make sense of that. Yeah, exactly. Like back in time. Exactly. Gonna go back in time. Yeah. Uh, he continues, fuck Yannick Paquette. If that guy never worked again, I wouldn't shed a tear. I was unimpressed with I Kill Giants, mainly because I already knew the ending. Me and Home Dud Abroad need to have a steel cage match with Noel and Mark as the undercard fight. You guys mentioned Hellboy and how hard it is to jump into it, or even find collected editions, and know the proper order of stories to read, and I couldn't agree more. I love the first movie and wanted to read some of the comics, but knowing what order to read them in or how to find them is hard. I suggest you read Atomic to Go instead. Okay, it was a misprint. Atomic Robo, I believe, is the book he's talking about. There are seven or eight trade paperbacks now, and the series is relaunching with a new number one in just a few weeks. Instead of a demon from hell, he is a robot made by Tesla. His enemies range from a knockoff Red Skull and Hydra to a dinosaur with a Ph.D., and also Stephen Hawking. You don't need to be a genius to read the books, nor do you need to have a continuity guide. I would suggest at least checking out Atomic Robo and The Shadow from Beyond Time. He teams up with H.P. Lovecraft in that one. Say, Chris Saints, I'll see good night. There's so much to unpack there. I well, do like Atomic Robo. Oh, good. yeah. Uh, I've only read, like, one issue of it. Years ago. Yes. Yeah. I know I was supposed. I was in talks with the artist and writer to ink the book, uh, but we decided not to do that. Well, he decided not to not to do that. But uh, I had done a bunch of sample pages for him. I think this was back when it was more of a web comic idea than actually like being printed. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I, am I crazy, guys? Is jumping into Marvel more difficult than jumping into DC? I personally I don't was- think so. Actually, I was thinking about this as I was reading Doomsday Clock this week. Did you? Are we? Re, are we reviewing that? Oh yes. Okay. Um, that it is. It's beyond time for uh, a new Who's Who and a new Marvel Universe series to come out and just do a definitive guide for that because there are details that they touch upon in that Doomsday Clock book that I had totally forgotten about for years. Do you mean uh, like the other firestorm? Well, that the and firestorm? also the fact that uh, the fact that uh, what's his name is the ruler of Kandak. Well, they they haven't really done anything with it in a long time. They haven't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I I don't know if it was pre fifty two or what, but it seems like it was a really long time ago. Black Adam took over um, Kandak and made it, was it during like, uh, 52. It was a long time ago, dude. It was during 52 that he took yeah. over Kandak. Do you it remember yeah. by 52 for the reader or for the listeners, um, there was a series called 52. Oh, you're right. Weekly. Yeah, it did. It was happen. a weekly because it came out once a week for 52 weeks and it was called 52. There was Countdown to 52, I think. Oh, no, that was no, it was uh, 52. Yeah. Then Countdown. Uh huh. And then the last couple issues of Countdown was Countdown to. Uh, Infinite Crisis. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, it was like a lead-in. Gotcha. The only one that really was like... Actually, didn't you guys disagree with me at one point? I thought 52 was good. Oh, yeah, you were wrong. Yeah. yeah. That's the only one that was good. <laughs> <laughs> After that, it was just like... 
trying to repeat the process over and over again. They so did yeah, it like three times. It's been a while, Mark. Yeah, and, and I just th- I just thought I was like, wow, that's still in continuity. I just couldn't believe that, and it would it would not only help clarify things for the reader, but I think it would also help clarify things for new writers coming in um, mm-hmm. to like Marvel or DC and just saying, hey, this is this is the character. You know, you don't have to. Um, you know, this is his his or her story. Let's you know try to work within that framework of, yeah. of you know like let's follow a little bit of continuity. I'm I'm all for that, but I, I think that I I don't think continuity is, is as as important anymore. And I think that that might be one of the problems with both universes right now that it's a little too willy nilly with the continuity. I think there's a I think um. I, I actually I agree with you, but then I also think that Doomsday Clock is probably a terrible example of it because I have no idea when it exists yeah. in any continuity, and it takes things from fifty two and takes things from post fifty two and then pre fifty two and just kind of melds them together. Like it's, it, I think right now I'm reading it as it exists outside of continuity. If it ever like matches up, sure. Yeah. But right uh, now it's kind of a mishmash of a lot of things that I didn't know were still going on. Yeah, I think I think it still will it as soon as it's done, it will become part of continuity, but I think that until then nobody wants to touch it. That's fair. Uh, well, and and the thing is too like with with Marvel, wait 5 minutes and a title will get re- rebooted. And like, you know, even with things like Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man brand new number 1, it's been a great Jumping on point. Venom has been a jumping on point. Oh, I've, Venom's been dope. I've never read a Venom series, and I'm totally fine with this. Actually, um, I'm digging like the last two issues too, where they. they well, I'm looking at the cover right now, and it looks like a Venom dog. Yeah, is it that is a Venom dog. It is. I don't. I don't think I like a Venom dog. Did you see it that? Reminds me. It's reminds not a me. dog. In, it's not. It's a dog made of his other. It's not an infecting a dog. It's so like it's, just it's a venom. Like, it's a symbiote in the form of a dog. Yeah, it's his, yeah. and it just walks around with him while he's walking around. You know, what? it's a weird <laughs> book. And it, there's what a, is there, it with Donny Cates and dogs? Oh, are, are we are we going to talk about uh, ghost uh, dog? Ghost. <laughs> yeah, ghost, the, the, the ghost dog and strange. Yeah, and then also the Inhumans, uh, Lockjaw. Yeah. He does yeah. some stuff oh, with Lockjaw. Funny. He just likes dogs. That's cool. Yeah, these are puppies. Um, oh. So anyway, uh, did we uh, did we anything we needed to touch on from Goodnight's um, email? I like he thinks that uh, Mark and I would fight in an undercard. I don't even know what an undercard is. The other it's, fight, it's the not fight the main event. The I mean, fight. I figured... You wouldn't even be the main event. I'm offended. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to fight you. I don't want to fight you. Know anybody. what? You should fight. You should fight Chris Saint Saucy Goodnight for implying that you are not the main event, Mark. So I think yeah, right? you and Saint Saucy. No, I, he would. He would probably annihilate me. I, I just he would take off his shirt and I'd run away. <laughs> we have another another email and this one's from Justin Olson. Uh, <clears throat> Spoiler alert number five seventy one. Where be the valiant love? Mm. Hey guys, I was a couple pods behind when I popped episode five seventy one into my eardrums on my long commute home, thinking it would be good considering you were talking about some valiant, the recent bloodshot prequel series. Boy, howdy, was I in for a surprise. Flashback transition. A couple years back, I had heard you all discussing Valiant and how great it was, and how interesting the characters were, and how toit 
the universe's continuity was, which was in stark contrast to the mired denseness of DC and Marvel with their constant reboots and do-overs, I thought, maybe I should give Valiant a chance. I promptly bought Bloodshot and Harbinger Volume 1 trades at my local comic shop and devoured them in a matter of hours. The trades were affordable, the pacing was great, and I got hooked. Over the next several months, I returned to my comic shop and bought at least two Valiant trades every week until I had purchased and read them all. Smash cut back to present. Record scratch. I hear you guys had drifted from Valiant and had no awareness of what has been going on in the Valiant universe broke my heart. Rob mentioned them not having the Rye character, and only this past year I got through all four trades of modern Rye and the event-slash-series 4001 AD that tied in present-day Valiant with future Valiant. It was as though you guys had gotten me hooked on meth. And just as I was feeling good about my life choices, I find you guys were getting out of rehab and never told me. Now I feel abandoned out here on Valiant Island. Here's hoping you can pepper in a little more Valiant in the future. FYI, if you just read any of the Bloodshot series written by Jeff Lemire, they are fantastic. Starting with the events of The Valiant and continuing in Bloodshot Reborn, I found everything Bloodshot exciting. Maybe this prequel mini is a stumble, but I'd say 75% of Valiant is consistently top-notch, and I don't find DC or Marvel or even Image satisfying me in that same percentage. Thanks for the time and the addiction, Justin. It's a really dark analogy. Meth. A really dark analogy. Bemoaning us for getting off meth. Yeah. Yeah, how uh, dare you fix your lives? I, I, but I, I, I think that what happened was that it, it did have a really tight continuity, but then it got really loosey goosey with it and again it was like you didn't know where what was happening because harada like took over the world in yeah. one issue and then or like in that one series remember it was like yeah and he like took over i don't know maybe he took over a, a country or something but or he took over america i, I don't know what the hell was going on but but then other books were just happening like faith where she's just working in an office and doesn't even mention the fact that harada has taken over anything you know it seems like that would that would have ramifications across the board but they were having like a a kind of a a fun little cartoony faith kind of uh series and then maybe a fun like quantum and woody series but then you get something like like um what was that what was that one where he goes the the astronaut goes into space oh, the russian guy divinity divinity and then you get those other ones it just felt it didn't feel it was splintering yeah it felt it was splintering and splintering too fast uh, you know just yeah. for me so i think that it, that and uh yeah it, it just really kind of frustrated me when that happened um no i agree I'm, i felt the exact same way and i don't blame them because they're a comic book company and they need to not just put out four books a month so yeah i get it but also i i just stopped Slowly just stopped caring. Yeah. Well, thank you, Justin Olson, for writing in. I'm sorry that we did that to you. Uh, but on the on the plusies, uh, you're enjoying some Valiant books. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. Well, you're welcome. Let's, we'll, we'll try to review another Valiant book really soon. Yeah. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and me. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about all the comics that came out upon this baby. week. Um... Prodigy number one, just because that's the first on my list. Mark Miller and what? Raphael Albuquerque. What? What? Hello? Prodigy? 
Yeah, you called me. Oh, oh I thought you called my name. So it's Mark. Oh, that's so funny. You know, as as I was opening this and reading it earlier, I wondered. Just I had a quick thought in my head. I was like, I wonder if Mark will make that joke again. Eh? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Um. So Mark Miller, Mark, not Mark underscore L underscore Miller, but Mark Miller. Mark Millar. Yeah, Millar. Millar. Prodigy. Uh, my quick my quick two cents. So basically we've got this gentleman, and he is basically the taskmaster, but with heightened intelligence, right? So anything he can see or study, he can recreate, but also he's a wicked genius, and he's just... A sociopath. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit of a sociopath. Um, my overall instinct about this first issue is is it's a great um pre-credit pre-credit sequence for like a movie cold open yeah yeah um i that's kind of mark miller's style these days uh i'm sorry mark millar's style not mark underscore l underscore miller style um he the first issue of everything he does now is pretty much a pre-credit sequence i hated the first issue of chrononauts but then the subsequent three or four other issues that actually told the story mm-hmm. were fun as hell. So it's weird. It's like this pattern he has now. Um, it almost feels like, to some degree, all of his properties are just for other movies. Media. They are. They're for yeah. Netflix or they're for yeah. – I mean he's got I mean, this literally. He's got this yeah. deal for Netflix uh, where yeah. it really, he releases a comic book and the Netflix show is in production. Now, which is now I don't I don't th- there there is absolute artistry and craft in this book, but it's difficult to enjoy it only as a comic when you know like the workflow of all of his IP. Yeah, like it's going to be turned into X, Y, and Z on this platform, and that's that. I totally agree. Uh, I totally agree. You see the you yeah. see the inner workings of like mm-hmm. the the business side of it, and it just kind of takes the fun out of comic book itself yep i agree it's like 100%. those it's like those movie adaptations that they did like remember as kids there would be a batman movie adaptation and they always yeah. they always you could just tell they, they they no one put any effort into any of those adaptations they were just yeah. really kind of not even drawn well um not well well i'd like to take issue with that i mean wait. the batman 1989 adaptation was drawn by jerry ordway i believe okay. I, I you know i, I don't even want to go well, down that's that the only one so <laughs> so i i actually think that this is a very well crafted comic though like i i really like Raphael albuquerque i generally like mark millar's stuff that i stick with and follow and he's got a great premise started so there's it's not a bad comic book and it's not – it doesn't stink of an immediate cash grab. It's just that us being overly informed fans, it's hard to not separate it from that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean if this were the bad guy in some universe, I would like it. If this – it's basically Lex Luthor and the Taskmaster. It's Nemesis. It, <laughs> Sorry. Is, yeah, well – what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Nemesis is another Mark Miller um, joint. Oh, I don't remember. Remember, don't... it was basically, what if Batman was a bad guy? Oh, yeah. Had, like the all-white outfit. Oh, yeah, that guy. Okay, I totally forgot about him. Yeah. But, yeah. What if the Batman was Joker? Or yeah. And, well, I don't know. I just think that there are just scenes. Uh, I've just, I, usually there's something in one of his comics that I feel like, oh, this is sort of original. But I've seen a lot of this stuff before. 
Like there's the there's the smarter kid who's smarter than the the kids in college. He's like a and so they there's that scene where he beats up on the bullies. Although they did he didn't do it by just watching a Bruce Lee movie. Um but uh <laughs> There's a movie called Excision, um, where mm-hmm. where the girl where I don't want to ruin the ending, but it, there's a scene that is almost exactly like that in this book, um, because the the kid has no feelings for other people. He's just, well, I'm doing this just to fix fix this person or to fix this problem. I don't really realize how horrifying this scene really is. You know? Yeah. I, well, I on that note, and I think I know what you're talking about like the um. The only two scenes, really, that felt fresh and wonky, Mark Millar in here. I can't, I'm saying Millar just to like not confuse. Yeah, me. I know it's yes. Miller. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, there's, there's two scenes in here that that are oddly fresh and kind of creepy. The open heart surgery that was amazing, yeah. and this idea of an interdimensional invasion, but it's manifesting itself by replacing vehicles. And te- into people, so yeah. like it's it's this weird transfer of matter, and I've never seen that kind of before, yeah. and I think it's a really really weird cool it's idea. It's Back to the Future. <laughs> no, no, I mean like people actually being transmorphed in, into interdimensional. Well, no, they're vehicles. not transmorphed. Well, no. they're basically they combust into. So like it's matter transfer. No, they combust into or out of or the vehicles are vehicles the time combust machines. Out of them. They're time machines yeah, but, made out of space cars or DeLoreans but all of these things are happening inside of people so it's like I read it what as what do you mean inside of people like all of so, so there's this scene where a guy and a girl are walking it says Alice Springs Australia 24 hours earlier and he's clutching his chest she goes are you okay he says I don't know my chest feels just a little and then something happens and the time the I guess it's not a time traveling car it's a it's a dimension traveling car universe traveling uh-huh. car explodes out of the guy. I think it just Wait, okay, I so, thought it just appeared where that guy was standing. Like you know if, if you Well no, because that guy is now a skeleton. It's not like I can see that if like um it uh, like blew out of him. If, yeah, it like exploded out of him and the guy is now a skeleton. Huh. Yeah. Weird, it, it, they mentioned them as weird materializations. Yeah. Maybe I read it wrong, but I liked the idea of if they were kind of Sneaking into our interdimensional space, they had to do it through organic matter or something yeah. else or, or a transference, which was weird. I don't know. I just – I didn't see it popping out of him. I just saw him was like maybe they were walking across the street and the car just appears. Uh, he's not a – No, it pops out of him. Where's, yeah. Oh, he is it's a skeleton. Okay, I see the skeleton there. Yeah, okay. it's it's that weird seizure that he's <laughs> yeah. having and it's like he's about to explode from the inside. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was like a weird, cool idea. Yeah. So – I think uh, the, the the proof will be in the pudding of the next couple of issues. Um, I, I think this is enough to make me interested. Um, okay. So we'll see how the next one, if it wraps up well. What do you think, four or six issues? Six. Well, what, well I, I, I just think that the, it, this guy is, they're, they're just wrapping this around one one character when I feel like this should be, this is the, it would be cool if it's like, what if Lex Luthor was a bad, or was a good guy, you know, it, that's kind of like what, yeah it could have been but then there's no foil for him all it is is problems um that he's solving so i guess he's like a detective i guess whatever i mean i i don't know i i I just feel like i've seen a lot of his stuff this stuff before 
Yeah, there's no real hook. Yeah. And also, uh, it's a really lackluster ending. Yeah, oh, yeah, I thought that too. He's like, oh, well, now I've got a problem to solve. Cancel my meeting. Like, oh, you know what? what? All right. I would, I would, I would disagree with you. I think all it is is hook. Oh, really? Yeah. No, no, no. All I mean, it is is no, concept. It's no, hook. no, no. I mean, there's nothing. It's this guy trying to solve problems. He goes throughout the entire issue just being perfect at everything. Yeah, there's nothing then, to grab onto, right? right. Okay. There's That's, no conflict other yeah. than here's it's a it's a Watson without a um, I'm sorry, it's a Sherlock without a Moriarty. Moriarty, thank you. There were a t- there was a time where I really really loved Mark Miller's writing, and um, it's not that I don't still enjoy it, but I used to be really excited, and now he just oversaturates the market with all of these miniseries, and I'm feeling diminishing returns, uh, to be honest. Well, they call it the Miller Miller verse, Miller verse, but there's but there's no there's verse. no verse. Yeah, it's like. If this is yeah. all happening in the same universe, that would be cool. And I think he suggested that in a couple of them, but um, he's not linking any of them. You know, he's not he's not building some grand plan or grand design. He's just throwing his. It's just shit with his name on it. Um, and yeah. and really, I, the one thing that really I, it's 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 not too deep or anything like that. But I was just really unimpressed by the cover. Um, it's just. Which one did you get? Uh, the yellow one with the guys in the thinker, or is, is yeah, it's the, Rob, it's the Raphael Albuquerque cover. We have the um, well, we have both, but there's also the Frank Quietly cover, which is also my least favorite Frank Quietly artwork, and I'm a huge Frank Quietly fan. It just doesn't feel dynamic. It's like who wants to, you know, the one we're talking about that he's just sort of sitting there in yeah. the thinker post, but with an Uzi, but, yeah, but he's got a gun which he never uses in the book, um, but yep. I, I don't know. It, it just, I, I love the artwork. Uh, Raphael Albuquerque, um, just going from uh, his stuff from American Vampire to this is, I think it's a huge leap for the better um, in mm-hmm. his quality. Also, I, I, is he doing the colors as well? Because um, it's just beautiful. Oh, this is Marcelo Mayolo, who is doing the yeah. colors. And it's it really colored well. I mean, especially these first first scenes uh where he's a little kid yeah those lens flares are yeah. awesome like they do a lot of really fun tricks it it, it is you're you're actually you're absolutely right because i think about Raphael albuquerque um and vertigo and dc books and the coloring is not this nuanced no, at all no. and and yeah. albuquerque is, has improved there's like a lot of difference in size and shapes here um the character designs are really really well done um even this scene where it's like it's it's mm-hmm. his it's his parents and then the other kids' parents before they go into the, the heart surgery scene where um, they're just standing there shaking each other's hand. Everybody has their own kind of posture and weight and posing and distinct looks uh, that I mean, it's all re- done really, really well. And I think that, that art wise, it's probably some of the best Raphael Albuquerque stuff that I've ever seen. That's really nice. I also love this um, kind of scene uh, that looks like a scene from Labyrinth. It's an MC Escher yeah. where he's just walking all over the, all these stairs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's great. So, I have I have one printing nitpick. I really wish the open heart was after a page turn. The open heart reveal is after a page turn because it's actually a, a a double page reveal. So if yeah. if you read it digitally, I'm sure it was more of a shock. Yeah. 
but right. flipping through was like, oh, it's the first thing you see. Yeah, yeah it's the yeah. first thing you see because you turn it to your totally. Right. You got to pay attention to those things. I mean, that's yeah. that's. I mean, if you don't if you don't pay attention to like the numbering of your pages and when the page turn happens, especially if you're going for a shock or some type of scare, it it's like it's arguably the biggest shock in the yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since it, I was about to blame it on maybe they put in an ad, but there's no, no ads leading up yeah. to that page. No. Yeah, but are you guys interested enough to read number no. two? <laughs> I don't know. I you know what? It might be a trade. Like like exactly like with Chrononauts. Like I I hated the first issue. I eventually got like a bargain bin of the trade, and I actually really enjoyed it. Nice. It was super quick, good read. So this might be the same thing. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll play it by ear. Yeah. I haven't decided yet. Uh, Winter Soldier number one. The only reason I cared about this, I'll be honest, I, I give no fucks about Winter Soldier as a character. I like the movie. It's my favorite Marvel movie is Captain America Winter Soldier. And um, I really, really, really hated that whole thing that they did after Original Sin where he's up on the moon. On the wall. The man on, on the, the wall. The man on the wall bullshit, right? Yeah. yeah. He's like, he took over Nick Fury's, I'm a, I'm a space sniper or some fucking, I don't know. But. On the cover of this, I saw the name Kyle Higgins. And Kyle Higgins had one of my favorite runs on Nightwing. So that's actually what made me check this out. Uh, and it's got an artwork kind of similar to um, Phil Noto. Less less structured uh, and more sketchy than Phil Noto. But um, overall, basically what we have here is is we've got the Winter Soldier. He's back from fucking being a sp- space assassin. And... Space assassin? A space assassin. Nice. Yeah. And he uh, is now doing something that actually makes sense for the character. Because he was manipulated into becoming something he didn't want to be, mm-hmm. um, the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, his new goal is to go around and help people get out of situations that they've you know been manipulated into. Like, uh, for instance, this one guy is a cop, and he's surrounded by all these... Uh, crooked cops into doing this heist deal and all this other stuff. And so the Winter Soldier helps pull him out of that situation and find him a new life. So it's basically witness protection program without actually being a witness. I have a question. Um, yeah. Who's on the wall? Who's watching the wall? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? He just left uh, his Pink- house there? Left his- you get bored? I, be- I believe it's Pink Floyd. Pink okay. Floyd's doing it. The Endless. Um, Wait, what's Nick Fury's new name now? It's the Unseen? I don't fucking the, care, man. I don't know. But the basically the end of this is we've got uh, someone shows up and starts putting bullets all in Bucky, and it's someone dressed up as young Bucky. Yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> he says, I'm, I'm a, a big, big fan. fan. I just read, looked through it. looks pretty cool. I, yeah. I don't mind the artwork. Fun. The artwork reminds me a little bit of uh, uh, Walter Simonson a little bit even. I like oh. Rod Reese. I'm trying to. I like. He's got like a a weird Phil Noto slash Daniel Acuna yeah. vibe to it, and I really really like it. I, I forget what I've read of his some before. Of, There's also I a little bit of Bill Sinkevich here Sinkevich, in the flashbacks. Yeah, a little bit of, and even some slot. There is some sloppy stuff in here, but that and that reminds me of uh, what's his nuts, John Romita Jr. in his sloppy days. Mm. Remember his sloppy days at Marvel when he was doing the the yeah. Wolverine book. Uh, no, I see the Wolverine stuff. I liked his Wolverine stuff. I did not like his Avengers stuff. The Brian, Brian uh, yeah. Avengers. You could tell he was he was Jr. Yeah, he was. 
Um, but anyway, that's my real quick. Did anyone else uh, read this? No, I didn't get a chance to. I, I wanted to though. Yeah, I feel like if you liked the new Fifty Two Nightwing that Kyle Higgins was writing, um, this is actually this actually might be a return to interesting Winter Soldier storytelling. Cool. So that's my quick. Two there cents. were way um, too many but, number ones that came out this week. I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, 11, sometimes 12, we get some flack 13. from the, from the listeners because they're like, "How come you don't read?" You know. You don't follow up with a yeah. lot of books. It's because every week there's fucking 17 yeah. new one. There, there's 13, and I, I guarantee there's probably 10 more that, that we didn't even, like, weren't even mildly Look interested at. in. But, yeah, um, yeah that's, that's too much. You can't cover it all. Sorry. Yeah. 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 But um, The Freeze, number <laughs> one, from Image Top Cow by Dan Wickline and Philip Sevy. Basically, um, we've got the entire this, – this gentleman – works he's he's an IT guy and someone's having trouble with the computer at the corporation he works at and he ducks under the thing just to plug the fucking thing in and you turn it on and off again that's kind yeah, of basically the thing, right? yeah and uh, when he's plugging it back in there's an electrical sh- shock that happens and when he stands up everyone is frozen in time um, the, the, the clock is still ticking but everyone is frozen. They're not moving. The guy's pouring coffee down his face. You get, you get it. You've seen it before. Yeah, time doesn't stop. It's just all the people freeze. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a neat idea, but my main problem with this was the storytelling, the artwork. Because there's a whole sequence in the beginning, <laughs> the cold open, where I had no idea that people were frozen. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're going into this school or whatever, and they have to get this one person, and then they, they, they track her down. And he goes, all right, man, do your stuff. And he touches her face and then they keep, and then they're talking. And I'm like, why did he touch her face? What's happening? And it's not until about halfway through the book that I realize the coloring is the only thing yeah. that's And it's different. way too subtle. Uh, way, way too, too subtle. subtle. They needed to be, and honestly, I don't know what the answer was, but it was a halfway through this book before I realized that the people were supposed to be stuck in time. Um, yeah, what, what did you I guys really think? like the idea of this. I think that the idea is really well done. I think the story is uh, it, it it's paced decently. I think it goes it, it, like the way it. The, I don't like the way it opened, but I would have just preferred just him waking up in the morning and just going about his day, and then this happening rather than the open, which was I think that was the roughest part of this book to get through. I think. Uh, you're right. I think there were some art choices that are a little a little off. Um, the coloring is is definitely of these people is way too subtle. Um, and, but um, there are elements of this book that I, I really liked, and I think it can go into some really wild and crazy sort of ways. I don't know. I I um I'm having I have trouble with it beyond concept. Like I I agree with you. Like it's a it's a really interesting idea. The pacing throughout the middle of the book feels fine. Like, after the the herky-jerky opening and then, like, the setup of the ordinary world is so... It's too mundane to even bother being there. Do you know what I mean? Like, waking up in the morning and everything is fine. And, what like, I think that he could have skipped 90% of that. Yeah, maybe a page or two of it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's like, it's, um... The concept itself is so... It's such a a high-level concept that you don't need to establish an ordinary world so much as, like, I plugged something in and that's that. 
or like you said, wake wakes up one day and it's it's like this. And I, there was a little bit of the there was there's some art issues I have like there, it's a lot of nine panel grids and the staging and blocking is a little weird. Uh-huh. So like there's a there's a sequence after he looks out the window, which is an incredibly effective sequence. Looking out the window and seeing all these like frozen bodies, yeah, um, under cars, over cars, just mass destruction, but no pandemonium because everyone's frozen. It was just really interesting. Yeah. But everything after that, the whole sequence after that, I I'm having trouble. I had trouble following like. So how did this dude he knocked over sneak up on him and then fall down? (laughs) And then he goes to touch a lady's face, but then there's a beat where he doesn't touch her. And now I'm thinking like, well, that's creepy. But then trips over the dude that forward, but then falls back. And it's just, it's this weird, (laughs) it just, it, it threw me over. Like, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And I don't think that's my fault. Well, I think it can't be like a very the blocking in the I, staging is odd. Well, I I think that there's some interesting things that are that he's playing with here. Uh, one of them is just the just the fact that he has to touch somebody in order to do that. And in this day and age, even like accidentally bumping into somebody in 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 some place is it can be can be miscons misconstrued. It, you know, it, it can be very dangerous to just go around touching somebody it's like every time they're like why did you what's going on what what why did you touch me? yeah you, I, you know i think those those reactions yeah. were great like why are you yeah. touching me but uh, but comically great i don't know if i didn't take it i didn't see that as being a theme well or was uh, it and i didn't catch it yeah it's like everybody is saying like why are you why do why are you touching me like every as soon as they wake him up like the guy's like uh, he's, he's like, why are you touching me? And the girl who is on the phone, he, she does the same thing. And she makes a big deal saying like, she needs, you can't just go around t- accidentally t- touching people or you, you know, you can't. And, and she says, I, I'm going to call security. You can't just grab me like that. It, it's, it's like everybody mm-hmm. has that sort of reaction as soon as he's touching somebody, which is, I mean, that's kind of the, this world we live in today. On top of that, um, they're playing with this theme of, well, let's wait a minute. Let's see. Who do we want to wake up? Do we want to wake up everybody or do we want to w- just go randomly around and wake everybody up? Or are there people that are not worth worth waking up? Uh, so to me, that read as a false excuse to extend your your plot. Because I, I did not necessarily see the rationale. Like I understand the, the one use case of this pregnant woman whose um, child didn't get revived yeah. with her. I get that, but extrapolating that to we don't know who we can touch or should touch anyone yet. No, he's like was. I thought that was a bit of a stretch. Well, from like from, the world is falling apart around you, and you want to keep it that tight. Well, it, I don't know. I, I didn't. I, it didn't feel fair. It to felt me. like a, a stretch for the writer. You think to to go to? It felt like it. It <clears throat> felt like a choice to make to extend your yeah. plot, not necessarily the realistic thing that that. In the in the context of the story, the characters would do. Well, you know, like mm-hmm. it felt like it felt like the story speaking for it, and not the characters speaking. And then for it. you know, the one woman goes, "Well, I me. have I have to get my sister," and he was like, "Okay," but then after that, no one else, nobody else wants a, a loved yeah. one so to that, be unfrozen. That's a plot contrivance. Like, yeah. All right, so we know that the writer might need to use this character of the sister later. So yeah, yeah that's that's well, the contrivance. Yeah. I so, think this can. Be- but I also kind of get. 
I'm sorry. I also kind of get like we I touched a pregnant woman and I wasn't able to activate the baby. So the baby miscarried uh, sort yeah. of. Um, so I get being like, what else aren't we considering? Yeah. What yeah. else? What other kind of damage can we do? Uh, I under, I get I get that as well. But to halt the plot over that. Well, I, I I'm I'm this this guy who is I guess he's their boss in in the in this situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, he reminds me of if you if you go all the way back to Night of the Living Dead, um, you get the <laughs> old guy um, who is in the basement, doesn't want to come out of the basement to help anybody. Um, the world's falling apart around them, and his idea is just to say, "Okay, look, I'm just going to take care of me and myself, and and." I don't know what the hell else is going on out there, but we're not letting anybody else in and we're going to be assholes about this situation. That's just, I think that's kind of what they're playing with right here. It's at least. Gotcha. That sort of. Yeah. So he's not a, he's not a character that anybody really wants to identify with that sort of mentality. But I think, but he later on, uh, the other guy, the guy who has the touch, um, actually says, yeah, we're, I, you know, I, he did touch that lady and that they had that miscarriage uh, or she had that something happened to her. Um, the baby is mm-hmm. frozen. Um, but uh, he's thinking about it too, but I'm just wondering if it's going to get into that thing where it's kind of like thinking like who's woke and who's not woke. You know, you know what I mean? That sort of, uh, sort of kind of mentality. Like there's, you know what I mean? I, I, I mean, I didn't get, I didn't, I didn't get that, but you can you could put that on there, yeah. Especially if you want to go with the reading of um, touch being a taboo kind of activity. Yeah, I'm just saying that, like, you don't randomly touch yeah. people, and then when these people get woken, they their first reaction is, "Why'd you yeah. touch me?" Well, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know what it's saying, but I'm thinking that there, this is ripe for a lot of commentary on the world um as is a lot of zombie movies as is a lot of like survival horror or and i kind of saw this as a survival horror movie um i think it would work Mm -hmm. better as a movie because everybody is stationary in every one of these panels it's not like there are are motion lines or anything you know it's all you know what i mean it's it's no absolutely when i was flipping through the first of it i was like Everyone's in these mid mid motion uh, positions, mm-hmm. but I just thought they were in mid motion. Yeah, that's com- that's comic- <laughs> yeah, that's the way comics. Because it's a comic book. Comics work. Um, but but yeah. yeah, I think it would be a better Twilight Zone episode than a comic book. But um, I like yes, the idea yes. of it. Um, and actually, I think there was a Twilight Zone episode. I do you remember that? It was from the eighties, and there was a there was a housewife that could say freeze and everybody froze like she was a she was like a frustrated housewife and and then Mm. it was in the middle of the 80s so it ended with her saying freeze and the world freezing and she looks up and the nuclear bombs are about to drop they're like over over her head in the air and she says freeze and so she's stuck at the like at the end of time without being able to do that which is a cool concept um but you know who would be good to ask? The guys who do the Sound, Sight, and Mind podcast on Cult Pop Podcast. Yeah. Network, the Andres. Yep. They, they, they're all about that stuff. <laughs> but like I don't think they're covering Twilight I don't Zone think they're covering Podcast. the 80s uh, versions of it. I think they're still covering Yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was always one of the more effective ones that I remember from the 80s. It, it's a 
Oh, I should go back and watch those. I'm I'm not as well versed on on the. Are they Twilight. streaming anywhere? I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or something. Yeah, I'm sure. Anyway, but it's a. I, I, I'm not going to bother with Freeze Two. Are you going to watch? See, this I find a much more compelling concept than like the prod or prodigy. Prodigy. prodigy yeah. yeah, I just yeah. find it interesting and. He can go. They can go into many places. You could go into uh, perverted places. Uh, you could go into mm-hmm. like all this kind. Of, like who knows what this guy is gonna do on his way home, or any of these people are gonna do on this way. Maybe they have some weird fetish where mm-hmm. they just want to go around and grab well, frozen people. <laughs> we <laughs> we know that it's we know that it's like he, the um the opening that I think we all kind of agree didn't necessarily work a hundred percent tells us where this is going to eventually go yeah all that really i think the only surprises or or unraveling of that now uh in further issues is going to be how they get to that point Mm -hmm. which is one of the dangers of starting in the future with a book like this you know like maybe maybe having it be a complete mystery instead of have that you know three pages of a Uh heist to grab somebody would have would have felt a little bit more jarring or more episodic, like you guys I don't were know. saying. I, I, I see. Uh, I disagree. I think that I needed that because that's the only part of it that kind of interests me, that knowing that eventually there will be some people who are unfrozen but are also mercenaries and are coming after them. Yeah, but they're choosing who gets unfrozen. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. That's what, what I'm wondering. Like. So, how did those people get unfrozen who are now coming after them with guns? Is there somebody else who has the same ability? I, I would see it as this guy is in high demand mm-hmm. because everybody, like you said, everybody has a loved one they want unfrozen. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, but who demands yeah. him is what I think JD's saying. There must be some other faction or yeah. person that also has the ability to or, somebody. So that that actually is what interests me is the fact that we did get that uh, flash forward in the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, um, well, Mark, if you're going to keep reading it, check back in and, and let us know. I will, and do the same with Prodigy. Cause I, I, I mean, if, oh, if it gets better, I, I'll check check out Prodigy. I like some of his other stuff. Yeah. I like the, I liked MPH. I thought that was good. Yeah, but, I like that too. Yeah. Um. All right. Here's a number eight. We're gonna we're gonna do something. It's not a number one. <laughs> Doomsday Clock. We've been following it all along. Doomsday Clock number eight, written by Jeff Johns and art by uh, Gary Frank. He's so good. Um, this is my favorite issue so oh, far. Wow. Stuff mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Stuff happened, and it's you know we were we were having a serious conversation. Uh, we have an IM that the, that the bunch of us all participate in, like a direct yeah. message. And you guys were having a very in, um, important and uh, serious conversation. And I was just here like, all I wanted to do was be like, guys, this is this is Superman. This is the Superman that I like. This is that guy. This is why I like him sometimes. Yeah. And there's a scene in here that's one of my favorite Superman scenes uh, in a long time where he's dealing with Firestorm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such a great scene. And then his, he's his scene... Him? His scene with uh, in Kondak with uh, Black Adam and the uh, the tanks and everything. Oh my god! This... Or not in Kondak. That was in Russia. I actually the Kondak scene too with Black Adam. Yeah, the, yeah. the fact All of it. like the this this is this is an amazing version of Superman. It's just fantastic. Like he he's firm, smart, confident, but still caring. He's empathetic. It, well, yeah, and it's and it's evident. It's not like a has to push that forward. He's just... This is how you make somebody that's on paper seems to be bland, like, oh, who cares about yeah. a Boy Scout? Yep. Yeah. Um, intriguing. I, 
but I also love the conflict they're setting up with him where it's like Bruce says you can't pick a side in this argument because it's you're going to piss off somebody. Um, yeah, yeah, he is the argument too. So, so it's, it's just, it doubles down yeah, on, on the Just the fact the that choice. it's Batman talking to him and uh, um, and it just warning him about this and it not uh, – he still – he wants to do the right thing. He feels he knows what the right thing is and he's he's fighting for it. But at the same time, uh, it's, it's just a – I think it's this. It's it also shows how well um, constructed this whole thing is. Where Jeff Johns has been building to this issue for since issue one, or since maybe mm-hmm. the button, or yeah. mm-hmm. or maybe even whatever DC. The, what was that one? Rebirth. Yeah. Rebirth. Um, it feels like this is the moment he's been building towards, and it was really, really well done. And uh, yeah, just amazing. Oh. Okay, so I guess we should tell people the the 30-second thing. So basically what we have here is up until this point, we've been dealing mostly with the Watchmen characters and also um, the – who are those? For the – The puppet? Uh, Oh, uh, Mime and – Marionette. Marionette and Mime. Um, But this time, this this whole issue is all Daily Bugle stuff. It's basically the conflict that's going on between Firestorm and the Russian superheroes. Mm -hmm. There's this whole – uh, what's it called? It's a uh, what's Pizzagate? It's a conspiracy theory. Oh, um, the Superman theory. It, the the Superman theory, yeah, yeah, yeah. where they think that seventy five percent of all the superheroes in the world are from America. So obviously the government is creating these superheroes. Um, and then there's a conflict between um, Firestorm and uh, how does how does that happen? Is that so? So Firestorm goes to. Um, Russia. deal with something over Russian airspace and then gets kind of reprimanded ah. and attacked by um, I, civilians. Well, no, it's the, the Russian superheroes. Well, no, yeah, Rus- or, uh, here's what um, I, I, they had, I think what happens is uh, Spy- or, I'm sorry, Spider-Man. Firestorm, Firestorm Spider-Man? Uh, he goes there and he's kind of just, imp- he's known as a hothead. That's what, uh, that's what uh, which, yeah, it's <laughs> understandable. But um, he just kind of Here's something. Here's maybe it's a rumor, maybe whatever. Maybe someone is saying there's something about Russia, and he goes over there to solve the problem, basically because he can. Uh, yeah. And he's he's definitely overreacting. He's he's kind of young and impulsive, and just kind of jumping over there. And his actions cause this horrible disaster um, where he. But it's what makes this weird is uh, so reading it twice was interesting because uh he is talking to someone in his head and that person is not responding like he normally does and or it is even dr stein at all and then this this burst of energy of his allows him to do something he's never been able to do or even knew he was able to do which is change the um chemistry of organic properties so this burst turns all the people around him to glass, which is something he's never been able to do. He's only ever been able to to change the molecular structure of inanimate objects. Yeah. So it's this it's this wild voices in his head, this crazy anomaly of something he's never been able to do before, and it, it reeks of being played as a pawn 
to set yeah. other things forward, yeah. which totally. is awesome. Yeah. Like, it's just slowly kind of all falling I mean, into place. I feel bad for him. Like, I actually... He's, yeah. a, he's a tragic like, character yeah, in the story. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's um, been a long time since and, Firestorm has even been mildly interesting, and this is really interesting. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, also, I like... You were talking yeah. about continuity earlier, and when there's a scene in here where the Lois Lane gets a USB port or USB um, stick in the mail, and it's an old timey report from 1941, and it involves the Justice Society of America, and I forgot that we don't have a Justice yeah. Society anymore. So mm-hmm. the fact that she's like, "Who's the Justice Society?" and I was like, "Oh right, I guess we don't have them anymore." Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, so, yeah, that was another continuity thing where I was like, wait, where are we? What's going on? Oh, okay, here we are. So, but that's, that's I mean, that's a broader conversation. But, yeah, this ep- issue yeah, is fucking Yeah, I, I mean, there's, but, um, there's this scene in here, exactly, which it's, it follows up, uh, he says it's not Firestorm. Um, that's what Batman is saying. So, Batman knows that this is most likely, uh, Dr. Manhattan, or Ozymandias. I guess Ozymandias is more... He, he's probably uh, behind it all. But he's... Because he says so, it begins at the end of it. Yeah, everything everything that Batman knows at this point comes from an unreliable narrator, which is yeah, Rorschach's yeah. journals. So Batman has the new Rorschach's journals to tell him the whole story. Or did he have the original Rorschach journals? The new I think ones. He had the, yeah. the new ones. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reggie's. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Reggie's point of view is that uh, Osmandius is, you know, the hero of the story trying to fix things. In the last issue, we found out that it's not that cut and dry. He doesn't have cancer. He has still been kind of manipulating things. <clears throat> so I don't know what Batman knows at this point, but he knows of. Yeah. Well, Dr. and also Manhattan. we found out last issue that Dr. Manhattan sees Superman as a threat. So the first thing he he could do he should do is discredit superman so that he's not the well clean, you know what is it that, that uh, is it that simple though like from, from like the perspective manhattan. well it's from the perspective of dr manhattan does he does he even perceive I, threats like to him it's just a, a weird anomaly like i can't i think he would say yeah so does that mean you end or we end or we end everything yeah, I don't think this, it's this not is a threat. Not, he this just doesn't know who the fuck it is. Manhattan. It reeks, yes. Yeah, but but what but what I'm saying is like, okay, so if Ozymandias is manipulating both of these characters to clash, yeah. I don't think Doctor Manhattan, from his perspective, perceives anything as a threat. No, just as kind of like a curiosity in a world where he doesn't know what curiosities yeah. are anymore. Yeah, so he's going along with it. Yeah. You know I mean? No, no, I Go agree. Ahead, I, 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 it's, it's not, it's not going to be cut and dry, and uh, it's not anything we're going to be able to predict here. But I, I do think that, um, I, I don't know. I, I read it that Manhattan might be manipulating things a little bit, and it, we just don't know why. Um, but uh, maybe not. It would be interesting because Osmandius was a bad guy in the last one for, for. Uh, John's to kind of turn around and make him the good guy in this one would be kind of interesting. Do you guys think that – so this is – I guess this is inside baseball. So like when when all of this – when these balls started rolling downhill to this – towards this story, what, like three years at this point now? Mm-hmm. Three or four years almost with Rebirth and then 
um, the button and just slowly this was getting revealed. It was John's was a little bit like embedded and things the whole line was kind of moving towards this. Now it doesn't yeah. feel like that anymore. And now he's not in creative yeah. anymore. Or he's just a writer. He's not like the yeah. staff anymore. Um, do you feel like the plans for this have changed or are almost being abandoned? Or I hope yeah. not, but I can understand why you would say that. Um, it just feels like this, this wasn't happening in a bubble before it started. Now that it's over halfway through, it feels like yeah. it's in a bubble now. Yeah. Yeah. And I... It scares me a little bit because it's a great story. Yeah, I don't want it just to, yeah. when it's over, just not to have any ramifications. Um, I, I I definitely think that the way Scott Snyder has kind of done things over the last year with metal and and everything else with the, yeah. um, with this, whatever the fuck it's called, the totality. Um, I, yeah, I, I feel that yeah. when Johns was kind of steering the ship it felt like a cohesive broad universe and not just like a bunch of stuff that you can't wrap your mind around um and yep. it, i i admire what snyder was trying to do i just don't think it was very successful in what it was what it happened especially on top of this happening um this should be i agree as important if not more important than kingdom come uh when when that happened and yeah. it felt like mm-hmm. once kingdom come happened everybody uh scrambled to kind of make the kingdom come universe um the real one or close to it that you know a lot of new characters came out of that series that you see now like lightning and thunder um you see like a lot of the new incarnations of a lot of the heroes um and a lot of the themes are um, really really like the next generation of heroes they're all like they're all in there um and and it just this feels epic, you know. This should be the. It, yeah. I don't know. Maybe this should be the linchpin it, it of what's should, happening in the DC universe right it now. It totally it should be. Like yeah, I agree. Yeah, me but too. I'm gonna keep me reading too. it. I love it. Yeah, this is this is the end of the second act. This is this is where it, I kind of like the first seven issues. Everything has just kind of been staged, and now it's yeah. finally things are starting to roll down. Do think, which is actually pretty do you cool. Think, oh, sorry. Just one more question. Do you think? Um, the lack of this coming out on a monthly schedule has anything to do with the fact that it's not being seen as so important? Oh, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't discount that. Yeah, yeah of course. Fortunately. Yeah. This started yeah. almost a year and a half ago. Should have been over and done with by now. Well, it started last November. It's been over for, it's been a year and change now. It still feels very timely though. Like a lot of this stuff, just like tensions between us and, and Russia, things like that. Like, um, paranoia being very high, uh, and, and there being like a totally sort of like bipolar way of looking at, at things is just kind of, it's, it seems extremely timely, um, in this book. So, yeah. yeah. Well, as all good stories do. Yeah. Uh, Martian Manhunter number one, part one of a 12 issue maxi series. Uh, this is by Steve Orlando and Riley Rosmo. I did not read it, uh, but looking, giving a cursory glance, even just to the the cover, it makes it feel very much like uh, Mr. Miracle. Um, Um, I'm very excited for this. I don't care about Martian Manhunter, but because of the way it looks like, uh, similar to Mr. Miracle, it makes me want to read it. Do we want to do spoiler free because you want to read it? No, no, no. Go ahead. Did you get get a chance to read this, Mark? (laughs) Oh, what'd you think? Um, Uh Uh-oh. 
<laughs> I'm not. I, I, I'm not a fan of the artwork. Um, uh, that, oh. That's probably the first thing. Uh, it just feels really weird and alien. Which is, I, I mean, I, I know it's a, I know it's a Martian Manhunter book, and he is an alien. But even the humans look alien. Yeah. Well, his partner, the blonde <laughs> with the blonde hair. Well, it's that's Riley yeah. Rossmo's style too. I think the last time I saw him was Proof. Well, he had done recently. We yeah, enjoyed death. his Deathbed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's he's he's got a wonky style. So I, I like that's it's um it's definitely like a I wish he would have toned back the human stuff and gone nuts with the Martian stuff. Um. Oh, I thought the Martian no, stuff was yeah, crazy that's what nuts. I, mean. I, I I wish he would have saved the the weird shapes. Oh, tone, yeah, tone that back. Tone, that's I'm sorry, I meant the other way around. For the yeah. for the humans. I wish he would have yeah. toned back the human stuff, yeah. um, and then the then gone crazy with right the Martian now. stuff like he did. Uh, I think I my favorite part is this fucking weird ass sex scene on the yeah the, the sex the scene. The sex scene is yeah strange. <laughs> you know when when I first when. When I first walked into the shop and JD, had, I didn't know JD hadn't read it yet. I made a reference to the weird sex scene, and he just stared at me. I'm like, "No, no, no, that wasn't off the top of my head. That yeah. that that's yeah. real. That they happened. send their daughter away, <laughs> like right out of the room. Their blob of a they daughter, s- they send and, her away, and they just yeah, start okay. fucking so at the there's table. A lot of things, <laughs> there's a lot of things in this book that are incredibly weird and interesting. First of all, um. I don't recall ever actually spending time in, like, John Jones's life. It's always just been flashbacks of like fucking terror yeah, and death, usually. right? So I don't I don't know if it's ever been written before, but I don't remember there being like an actual story of him being a cop. Yeah. And was he a cop before? Uh, Is no, this all new? I think in I've, previous I've incarnations no he's been a cop. I think that the in the fifth new fifty two version he was like split into three personalities and. A couple of them didn't know that he was even an alien. There was there's something confusing like that. He he had like a multiple okay, okay. multiple. He was playing multiple people and personalities throughout the world. So he would be, yeah. He was like a, a um, he was like an alien, or he was like a, a cop in one. He was some kid's cat on the other side of the world. Um, it, things like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, uh, but so. The um, this society that he's that Steve Orlando is trying to establish here, I thought is kind of interesting, especially like you know, shape day, where you uh choose what shape you want to be. So his daughter, their daughter, is a blob because she hasn't yeah. chosen her shape yet. And then different, like before, we only really knew about green and white Martians, but I guess there's gold ones too, and they're you know, gold fleshes and white fleshes. Like it, it's just it's weird, and I like it. I have no idea where it's going. Um, I've actually, I have no, um, I'm just not huge on Steve Orlando. I can't remember the last thing I read of his that I really stuck with or or truly dug. This, but this is, I, I like his, I liked his uh, Midnighter. Um, his series Midnighter was great. Uh, oh, that's right. He it was yeah. Midnighter and it, Apollo. Right before that, he did just it was Midnighter, pretty good. But I, I don't know. It's weird that. Um, on Mars, your, you know, the color of your skin is, uh, in, in indicative of your class, class system, right? and your, uh, yeah, or or of like, you know, 
who you are. Um, it, it's just it's just really odd seeing that happen here in this like you have a, a green Martian just really throttling the shit out. And, and this is very uncharacteristic of John. Yeah. I don't even know who this character is. Um, it he's a yeah. dirty cop. So so what I gleaned from it was. Um, some sort of war or animosity between greenskins and yeah. whiteskins, and the goldskin Martians chose yeah. not to fight. So they are now now in the aftermath of the war, or you know whatever. Switzerland now the goldskins are <laughs> yeah the goldskins are considered even lowlier because they chose not to pick a side. They're they're you know they're they're dirty. So John Jones is like <clears throat> throttling this goldskin or gold flesh for. For money or yeah. fees or protection, which I is do like wild. That, I do like that he's one of the manhunters on Mars. Yeah, they're like I, the cops. I like that he's a cop, and that finally makes his name make sense to me. Uh, this in, I, I'm 40 years old. This entire time, <laughs> I've been going, why the fuck is his name Martian Manhunter? Oh, because they wanted him to be not scary. So, you know, Manhunter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just want to fit in with, with the people of Earth. Uh, call me a manhunter. Yeah. What are you, men? I shall not. Oh, are they considered <laughs> men? Um, you know, on Mars? I don't know. Yeah, I have yeah, no I idea. So. I just have never hunter, seen man. John act um, this angry or this brutally. Of course. Um, and I get it. His family dies, and that was impactful, and maybe he's definitely he, – he, it changes a person. Um, but this is like the opposite of the Punisher. It's like he was the Punisher, and then his family dies, and then he becomes like this pacifist guy who eats Oreos and likes cats, kitty cats. Yeah, there, there's this. There's a very interesting the uh, the thought or the thought boxes, the caption boxes in the beginning of the show, or the beginning of the the book. It's all about how he doesn't consider himself a hero because he's not. And this is, I guess, like this was the story of, you know, I'm not as as simple as just a victim. I was actually an aggressor. That's what I like about this is that it retroactively makes it a redemption story that we didn't know about until now. We've this entire time with this character, we've been after his redemption story. Mm-hmm. We just never knew what happened. And I kind of I like that idea. If if he can stick the landing like this is an interesting. So this is a version of a cold open that's kind of interesting as opposed to just like being all plot set up. This has an inciting action, gives you some stuff you didn't know, kind of ruffles feathers on on how you thought the character was before, and then leaves you in an interesting spot. It'd be interesting, this is 12 issues? Yeah. Where this is going to go. Like, I I have no idea. Because during the crime that they are investigating in his his human life, um, he gets senses of some sort of material or traces of Mars. Which comes from these green, or sorry, the uh, the gold Martians. Also, Mark, uh, remember Brian Michael Bendis' Superman a couple of months ago, and we were both sort of weirded out by the Martian Manhunter's response to something that was happening? He was, like, up in the air having a yeah. conversation with Superman. Yeah. And we were like, what a weird thing for the Martian Manhunter to say. It was, it, it um, was combative I, almost I, to John. Yeah, well, and I wonder it, how much Bendis... And um, Orlando are aware of what the other one's doing. It wasn't combative. It was fucking creepy. Yeah. He was essentially telling Clark, like, hey, this world needs a leader. Yeah. You're good. Take it over. (laughs) Yeah, take over. It's like, what? So 
I, I, I understand that more ha- now that I know uh, what's happening in this first issue. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just yeah. feels like, I mean, and this goes back to our, what we were talking about with, with, uh, with, uh, Jeff Johns stuff. It feels like it, there's too many really, really big names trying to steer the boat. Um, You've got Snyder, you've got mm. Jeff Johns, and then you've got Bendis. Um, and sort of Tom King, but I don't see Tom King as aggressively doing that as as those, those three uh, writers. And it feels like uh, it, it feels like all the rest of the the uh, kind of creators there are in one camp or another over there, it feels. You know? And yeah. depending on whose camp they are, that's the direction that they're they're going. So maybe Orlando is a, a Bendis person. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just, yeah, you're yeah. you're right. I think that it, this this is a little bit more towards what uh, Bendis wrote him a couple of months ago when he showed up in Superman. So yeah, yeah. I just wonder if Bendis was starting to sow the seeds for that because he, you know, he's kind of known for that. He'll start plopping things down in advance. Well, yeah, he he collaborates with anybody that's dealing with other characters he's touching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of cool. Um, but I'm, I, for one, am interested. I haven't read this issue. I flipped through it just now, and uh, I'm definitely I, interested in reading this, though. Uh, and, and for the record, too, I really like the Riley Ross Millard. I, 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 do. I do. I just, I, I get the, I get the jarringness of it. I just, I, I like it. I, I feel this Wait. way about him as I do with. Uh, there's another artist I don't really like, but I thought, oh, if you're going to give him to somebody, put him on Plastic Man. Um, what was his name? He did a Plastic Man series about 10, 15 years ago. Um, he did. Can't- uh, Truth, uh, red, white, and black. The pre Captain oh, yeah. America. Um, that was America. Ky- Kyle Higgins. Kyle... No, Kyle. Something. Kyle. Kyle Baker. Kyle Baker. Yes. No, I like the artwork. I I, I just think that um, that this this uh, um, <laughs> the way he renders this woman is really odd. It's ridiculous. Hit she the, looks ridiculous. She looks like woman? something yeah. out yeah. of I don't know. I don't know what that is. Like yeah, an anime. yeah. And it looks like she's not an I, anime because of her hair. I don't mind. I, I think that the really the really strong artists are able to kind of be able to change their sort of style, uh, like draw in one one style and draw another. I just remember um, a lot of the times past stories in in Starman, um, there was like a lot of difference between past stories and present stories. And I know they use different artists there sometimes, but I think the artists there did a really good job of that. I think, who was that? Uh, I know you're talking anyway, about Anyway, this is just way too, they look like fucking Martians. They're supposed to be human beings and they look like fucking Martians. So uh, I I just think that um, the the present day stuff needs to be more realistic. And I, I otherwise I'd be, I, I think that this book is has a lot of potential. Tony so, Harris. Tony Harris. Hmm. Whatever happened to that yeah. guy, he's so yeah. good. Um, so Shazam number one came out, uh, written by Jeff Johns with art by Dave Eaglesham. And um, I really liked the backup story origin that Jeff Johns had written for Shazam in the back of the Justice League issues, the New oh. 52 stuff. Uh, and so this takes place after that. Uh, I did, did not read Did it they ever collect that. that series? Yes, it's in the trade paperback. No, I sold but one I mean, today. It's great. The Shazam, the Shazam parts. I don't remember it. It's just That's in the trade paperback of the Justice League. It's just a trade paperback oh, okay. called so Shazam. So they didn't just they packaged it differently. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's not in Justice yeah. League. It's okay. it's its own trade. I I barely remember it. 
Well, when you watch yeah. the movie, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what they used. All right, so because I barely remember it, other than just like the Gary Frank art, um, I, I wasn't lost at the beginning of this, but I was like, cool. <laughs> oh, look at all these fucking. It's it's a rough start. Not word bubbles, caption boxes. Jesus Christ! And when did? Yeah, it's a rough start. Also, I don't remember Freddie Freeman being this big of a. Oh, jerk. he's he's always been kind or of annoying. Kind as of annoying as that. Has he always yeah. been that annoying? Well, he is. That's part of the Jeff Johns thing. Now I don't he remember kind when of they redid when they when they gave all these other kids powers too. Like everybody's got powers. Well, like I I remember that eventually happening. I just I, so all of. All of the things that happen in this book are incredibly familiar, and it's fine. I get it. I don't remember when it happened, how it happened. I just know, yeah, that's fine. Uh, you've got all of these. Uh, I keep thinking of like Flashpoint when you know Shazam was spread across five people. This is pretty much kind of like the real version of that, where he shares his powers with his foster family. And that's, that's always totally the way it's cool. been, though. I mean, he's always but, shared his powers with them. Yeah. But, um... It just it just happened slowly, like it was it was um, Freddie and then Mary, or yeah. Mary and then Freddie. Yeah, right. And so, but I don't know the names of any of these other people. I, I don't either, and I I, I kind of or wish, what they do Yeah, I kind of wish we yeah. would have met those people first before jumping into this issue and everybody having powers. I want to see that transition, and I know it might be step taking a couple of steps backwards, but for a first issue like this mm-hmm. to happen, um, I think it's. Uh, it, it's going to be a different, difficult thing for people who have never read Shazam to, you know, it's, it's just, I'm just realizing this now and it feels like a television pilot that does too yeah. much, but not like almost to its detriment, but not so egregiously that you don't kind of like it. So like, I, I kind of liked this and I, I thought it was fun, but like, despite its flaws. And despite the fact that I think it's overstuffed and a little wonky and a little, uh, a I mean, I mean, much. we even get the Shazam bunny at the end of this one. I I know, like it's it's I'm just a, like pump, it's pump a the lot. brakes, Jeff. Let's uh, <laughs> you know, let's just tell some story. I it's, mean, it's he knows like... how to build a world, so let's do a world building thing here where we just focus on Billy. Like, let, I don't even know who or what Billy is, you know, and. Uh, it feels slapdash, you know, and, yeah. and so to right. actually, it's it's almost like, you know, starting in Oz without the pre part that happened in Kansas. You guys know that he did all of this in the miniseries. Yes, right? but it wasn't clear to me that this was a direct sequel to that miniseries that gotcha. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, whose fault's that? Uh, maybe well, DC. Y- yeah, I, I kind of yeah, think maybe. so because <laughs> I I feel like this needs with the movie coming out this would be a perfect time to kind of maybe just a maybe a six panel or a six page thing that just kind of catches us up to what's what's happening other than just him walking through this maze at the beginning and then he sees the wizard all withered over Uh, during that time i would like to know i who the i don't even i know none of these kids names other than mary and freddie I don't know yeah, uh, what's point. the what are these guys' powers? They can't call. They, I know they can't call their themselves their names. So come up with fucking names. Your kids, you do that. That's done in like a panel. 
yeah. what's his nut does it every episode of the flash tv series you know and it takes two seconds and then they're referred to it they're referred <laughs> You know, oh, yeah. they're referred to it later on, like for the rest of the time. That's who they're called. So, so it's That's like, why are we playing around with like, what's the, our team name? Like, no, fucking come up with your own name, names for each other. I don't know. It, 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 it felt to, for, I know, I know it's unfair to like judge it on this, but <clears throat> I expect a certain type of story from Jeff Johns and this field, this felt like a um, a very rusty version of him. The, hmm. It definitely feels like an all ages version, um, and I don't know if that's his number one strength. I think when I I, I I have known some of the most horrific moments in comics coming from him, his his stuff. You know, there's been some really gruesome and brutal, almost horror like stories, like the other book we reviewed this week uh, you know to see firestorm picking up pieces of glass he's like i can't change this person back into a person i can't i can't do anything with these parts and he's like frantic and crying i mean that's like horrific because it's a mm. it's a superhero it's happening to a superhero um here i don't feel that yeah. uh that much of a um, resonance about it so well you don't want that just yet it's i mean it's yeah. about a bunch of kids i know i know I don't think that I don't think that this. I'm not saying that you're suggesting this. It's it's just a double on my comment from before. I don't think this needs darkness no. or brooding to work. I just feel like it's imbalanced or it's 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 too weighted heavily on one thing and doesn't like lay the groundwork for something else. And I just can't really like wrap my head around it. It's okay. it feels like it's too cutesy without having any realism or or not even realism, just like grounded character because like. There's even a scene in here where the the two foster parents who are madly in love and and being coy with each other about their rascally kids that they all take care of how they didn't clean the dishes correctly and oh ho, ho, ho. like it's a whole yeah. scene that's just so we love sugar saccharine sweet and there's no balance for it it's it yeah they scream we love lasagna it's just huh. it's it feels too much okay i just yeah. wanted to get right. to know these characters and i feel like there are too many characters that i need to get to know and that's even before um getting to know these characters i don't even know the names of it's like i want to know who mary is and i know she gets a backstory here um a, a side story and freddie freddie yeah which is a good one um except the bunny part mm. at the end but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that uh, I think we're rushing a little bit too much into this, and they—I get it—they want to th- show everything in the first issue. But I hope that there's—I hope they they slow down a little bit in the second issue. I hope and think they will, because um, like the end of this issue sets up two really interesting story beats that could like make mm-hmm. for a really fun series. Like uh, the idea of the station and and visiting the magic lands, or even finding out what the hell they are, and then also like the wrinkle of this person saying that they are um, Billy Batson's father, who we've, as far as I know, never met or heard nope. from ever. So these are these are really interesting story beats. It's just I feel like the road there was yeah. a little rocky. I can't wait. Pages. They'll meet Dumbledore, it's, it's and you know they'll uh, you know do some Quidditch. <laughs> Yeah, over there. This this train goes straight to <laughs> Diagon Alley. What I like here, though, is that they're looking at this giant map of the Magic Lands, mm-hmm. and they're doing. Uh, he's doing something that similar to what he did with uh-huh. the Green Lantern Corps, which is giving each one of them their own Shazam yeah. symbol. Yeah. yeah, isn't it? Doesn't Shazam actually stand for the seven? Yes, 
like the seven gods. The strength and, of blank. The, yeah, 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 and and I think each one of these is because there's seven. So then why? So there's six of them. Um, unless you there's seven. There's six. The middle. One, two, two three, three, four, four five, six, seven. S H A Z A M. Oh, you're doing the number. Oh, I'm He's talking about the, the symbols. Oh, yeah, we're looking uh, at the symbols on okay, the map. Okay, but well, maybe one's the wizard, but um, or maybe everyone or maybe it's the bunny. Hey, but, uh, yeah. It, it, or actually, isn't it Adam? Oh, Black uh, Adam. Yeah, one of them might be him. I'm gonna read this. It's it's not but, bad. It just feels. Look at this kid. Okay. I like Dale Eagles from his art, um, but this kid when he goes, check it out. Yeah. Look at his face. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that oh, face yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> what is yeah. that? Is that a Martian? Um, there's a. There's a. There's like. There's a lot of really good and a lot of really like wonky Dale. Wait, look, what about the um, pose at the beginning when the guy gets up in the batter's pose and he's sticking his butt out? Did you see that? Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's just so oh, really it's so funny, exaggerated. Yeah. He did stuff like this with uh, the Secret Six when he was on there too. It's just Dale Eaglesham has a really funny way of uh, like posing his characters, and they're yeah. He did he did stuff like this in um, yeah JSA yeah. also, <laughs> which yeah. it's fun. It's just goofy. <laughs> I don't know. Have a lot know. of fun with it. Oh. Yeah, feels very uh, there's some yeah. Kevin McGuire in here. Yeah, with the uh-huh. facial expressions and everything. It's like I mean it's a good book. I'm yeah, sure yeah. if I were a kid, I would like it. I just wouldn't understand everything that's going on. The, the just the OCD in me wants um, to know these kids' powers and characters and and names. Well, that's why you keep wow. reading. God damn it! I'm gonna keep reading. I I want to know more. It's just this wasn't like this wasn't a slam no. dunk of a first issue. It was just interesting enough, and I like the character when he's done right. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we wrap it up, uh, I read Batman Detective Comics number 994, which comes out uh, tomorrow. What's today? Monday? Oh, it comes out this Wednesday. And this is the first issue. The only reason I care about this is the first issue of um, Peter J. Tomasi and Doug Monk's run on Detective. Ooh. And uh, I'm going to ooh, real, ooh, ooh. Let's see. Set the timer. One minute. I get one minute. Where's it at? There we go. Okay, so Detective Comics number 994. We're counting down to the issue 1000. So we get some interesting stuff here happening. Basically, um, Batman comes across some corpses who have been specifically uh, dressed up to look like uh, his parents. And uh, all the way down to, like, their cufflinks and shit and the pearls and all that sort of stuff. Um, And then someone goes after – what's her name from – Leslie. Leslie Tompkins? I don't know. No, Leslie Tompkins. You don't know who Leslie Tompkins? You're looking at me like you don't know who Leslie Thompson. Mark, you know who Leslie Tompkins is, right? (laughs) God damn you people. So um, basically it looks like we're actually getting detective work here. There's actually something for him to solve. uh, But there's also some action and there's a big monster to fight. And you got great Doug Monkey art. And uh, it's more Peter J. Tomasi, as we say, the un- Sung hero of the DC universe putting in the work. Ha! Huh. There we go. Done. So, yes or no? Yes! Okay. Absolutely yes. All right. Now, Noel has read Miles Morales Spider Man number one, which comes out next week as well. And that's written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Javier Garon. Garon! You get one minute. Go. And. 
Go. All right. So, um, new creative team, new direction, new your new favorite book, Spider Man Miles Morales. Um, this was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait ten seconds. It was fine. Uh, it, it's it's okay. I, I actually fell off. Of, I, I have not really enjoyed too much of um, Miles Morales's um, solo book since he entered the six one six. It's just been lacking any kind of real reverence. It's been more about like squeezing him into the current continuity, and it's just felt weird. So reading the first half of this book with a very interesting, and by interesting I mean kind of lacking plot or a uh, storytelling device of a journal i learned about his new status quo and it's just it's fine it's weird um his parents know he's at a different school there's another person that he rooms with and it doesn't actually get into the plot into the back half of the book and that's slightly interesting with the rhino so i might be interested to keep going yeah. but i just nothing really grabbed me uh, i yeah. have that's I, it uh, done i just want to say that um i like to call saladin ahmed Word celibate Saladin Ahmed because he's so wordy. Uh, I agree with that. So, like the the storytelling device that I'm talking about, um, he's in a English writing class, and his teacher the the assignment is for them to all write in journals. So, the narration is him, but as journal entries. Hmm. So, talking about his life and why we got here. Okay. So it's it's cute, but. It doesn't really tell me anything new. I, it's but is it a good some for someone who just went to go see Into the Spider Verse and just found out about Miles Morales? Should people pick this up instead of just the first trade? Yeah, no, they should pick up the first trade instead. Yeah, okay, because because that was a lot more endearing. This is just more like catch up plot. Gotcha. It's not as but then again, you know what? You got the movie. The movie was incredibly successful and. Yeah. Talking about Miles, maybe this would be a great jumping on point. Yeah, because you already have, you already know. Can I talk about a minute about a book? Yeah. All right, hold on. We get a timer. What's What's the book gonna be? Batman three, Batman sixty. So Batman sixty, written by Tom King, Uh, with art by whom? Yeah, Jane. Oh uh, uh, no, there's another guy in there too. Flores, Flores, whatever. It's told in two two different stories. It's it's like two different styles of art, but uh, you've got. Okay, you right, got yeah, an awesome go. conversation between Penguin and Alfred, who is being held in the Batcave uh, for his own protection. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon investigating why he just got punched by Batman and why Batman is going nuts. And then you also have Batman going crazy, going around the uh, the city, beating the shit out of just all these kind of Z-tier characters. Um, but the coolest part is it that I was right, that um, the... <laughs> the 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 wife that we thought had died of the penguins was an actual penguin. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah, you didn't read it. No. Uh, and 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 Thomas Wayne shows up at the end, which is pretty awesome. What? And and they In, destroy yeah, the yeah, bat signal. Gordon oh, breaks okay. the bat signal for the thousandth time. Yeah. So she's all mad. Yeah. All right. Nicely done. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Spoiler Alert. Uh, speaking of Spider-Verse, uh, Noel and Len and I did a quick uh, gutter talk episode where we – not quick. We, we talked like for like an hour. About, yeah, yeah Spider-Man into the, into the Spider-Verse. Um, so that should be posted pretty so soon. So if, if you don't and, like uh, alternate realities, can... will you like it? <laughs> <laughs> Actually – it's so Maybe. good, Mark. I, Mark, might, it's so good. The, the fact that they almost, like, spit in the face of 
uh, alternate realities, or or um, they make a really good case for alternate realities staying where yeah. they belong. Yeah. How about that? It's real good. Yeah, it's really um, good. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, Patreon, you can go to Patreon slash Johnny Destructo and help the show out. Uh, you can find Mark where? Um, on my couch right now. MLMillerWrites.com. Yeah, there too. <laughs> you can find uh, Noel on Twitter. At all the social medias at uh, MrBartocci.com. M-R-B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. Yeah.